0: Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. I just would like for us to uh, look at Psalm 145 together. And we're going to read through the whole thing together at the start. I'm just going to say a few things in introduction. And then we're going to take it chunk by chunk. And we're going to worship in the light of what we've just read and what the the psalmist has just said. This is a psalm by David, who writes about half of our psalms. And um, Psalm 145, Uh, what I would love for us to do is, as I read through this psalm, and as we read through it together, to to think about two things. The first thing is, what does it tell us about God? And what does it teach us about worship? So as we read these psalms, just hold those two questions in our minds. What does it tell me about God? And what does it teach me about worship, the nature of worship, okay? So it says this, I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor, and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good everyone he showers compassion on all his creation all of your works will thank you Lord and your faithful followers will praise you they will speak of the glory of your kingdom they will give examples of your power they will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign for your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom you rule throughout all generations The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to those who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. I will praise the Lord. And may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever ever. What a beautiful psalm, isn't it? They all are. (laughs) Just as as I've read through this psalm many times this week, I've just been so caught by, this is a psalm about God, this is a psalm about me, or I, this is a psalm about they, and it's a psalm about all. About God, me, they, and all. And it's a psalm that is deeply interested in the past believes in God for the present and also understands the prophetic heart of God the purposes and the plan of God into the future it's past, present and future it's all about God, it's all about who He is, it's about what He's done, it's about what He's like and it's about how I should respond in relation to those things and who He is And as we just put these first three verses up, if you would just do the next slide for me, please, Reuben. It says, I will exalt you, my God. That word God there is God's name, Elohim. And Elohim, literally translated in Hebrew, is God's. It's plural. God is described as El, God, Elohim, God's, and Lord, which is Yahweh or Jehovah. And Elohim is God's transcendent glorious name and he's father son and spirit so the plural is okay because he's the father so three persons in one Godhead and he is above all he's transcendent over all he's Elohim says I will exalt you my God Elohim and King and that word exalt is to extol is to is to declare praises and then it says and praise that word there is bless bless your name forever and ever I will bless you there again every day yes I will praise and this is the word halal which means to shine and to boast I will halal you forever I will praise you forever great is the Lord and here's the word Yahweh the name of God Yahweh is so different to Elohim because Yahweh is God's revealed name of I am he's the eternal one he always He's, he's always Go back into history, tens of thousands of years, I am. Today, he says, I am. Go into the future, millions of years, I am. And he's close. It's his revealed, close, intimate name that he gave to Moses and to his people, and he shares with us. Great are you, Yahweh, Jehovah, most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Our worship is so important. We're created to worship, aren't we? We've said that many times. And worship is giving worth to the person or the, uh, the thing that's worthy of it. And here's the wonderful thing about worship. It's, not, it's about the object, not about the subject. I'm the subject, but he's the object of my worship. And that means that because he's worthy, I worship him no matter how worthy or unworthy I might feel however good a week I might have had, or bad a week I might have had, whether I'm off, whether I'm on it, whether I'm firing on all cylinders, or down in the dumps, or anything in between, in the nicest possible way, it's irrelevant. Because it's not about me, it's about Him. And He is always worthy. He's the I am. And so we just say, Lord, you are always worthy. That's the truth. And me exalting you, isn't me elevating you in any way at all it's recognising where you are already when, um, when we were at home and I, Sarah loves this because I stand on the back, at our back door and then I keep thinking I know our garden is south facing we live in Arbor, and I am convinced that Foss Park from our back door is that way and Sarah loves the fact that it's not that way it's that way you enjoy that don't you love? And I think Cosby's there, but it's not, it's there. And I think Broughton Astley's there, it's not, it's over there. My sense of the truth of where things are is out of whack. But it doesn't change where they are. They're still there. And what I need is the adjustment. To say, okay, yeah, no, Foss Park is there. Cosby is there, Broughton Astley is there. And here's the thing, God is there. He's worthy of praise, he's worthy of worship. No matter if my perception is a little bit out of, doesn't change the truth of who he is where he is he is exalted and as you read this word great it's it's an amazing word it's related to a tassel does anyone know what a tassel is or like a rope where lots of fibers are twisted around each other and the more fibers you add the thicker it is and the stronger it is and this word great is all about multiple fibers that are twisted together to make this rope totally secure and strong and able to pull the greatest of weights, like a, a rope that pulls a ship a massive cruise liner into harbor you think the strength of that rope but god is great he to to every every fiber of him is great and he is awesome and he's powerful and he's mighty and he's able to move mountains in fact his greatness it says there is beyond measure unsearchable no one can imagine it and so this morning we're worshiping god This is all about who He is. He's worthy. He is great. And therefore, my praise, my worship, it's a given. It's not about me, it's about Him. the nicest possible way, it's not about you or us. It's about Him this morning. And He is always, always worthy. I don't know what state some of us came into the room this morning. I'm sure it's good, bad, and indifferent. But He is always worthy. When we understand that, the position of him, it changes everything. We're going to just stand together and I've chosen some songs that just describe this heart of exalting him. Can we stand together? We're going to worship. We're going to do this in chunks a little bit today. In this portion, we're also going to uh, baptize um, Paul. So if the guys are involved in the baptism, if you want to just go and get changed so that you can be ready to do that. Here's the wonderful thing about this statement. is I will praise you, I will exalt you. It's a decision, isn't it? Worship is a decision of the heart to say, Lord, I'm putting you first, I'm fixing my eyes on you, I'm surrendering to you. So Lord, as we stand together in your presence this morning, we just declare that you are awesome, that you are great, that you are our God and our King, that you're worthy of worship. Father, you're worthy of worship. Jesus, you're worthy of worship. Holy Spirit, you're present this morning to enable us to exalt the living God together this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to move forward into the psalm a little bit further and we're going to read verses 4, 5, 6, and 7. And um, there's this wonderful toing and throwing of testimonies. It says, let each generation. Tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Who was here last Sunday? We had a time of testimony last Sunday, and it was fantastic just to hear stories of everything that God is doing in the lives of those that we know and love and in our own lives. It says, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. You know, The first part was all about who God is. And now the psalmist, David, has taken us into what God has done. What God has done for us. Not just who he is, but what he's done. And the, the first part is more talking about God. But now he's talking to God you know it's a very legitimate way for us to worship we can worship describing him talking about him singing about him but it's also really powerful and wonderful when we can speak directly to him and He says that he's gonna he's talking to God about his wonderful greatness and his goodness and the power of testimony and the importance of us speaking out oh my word the world is full of people's opinions have you noticed that more than ever just go on Twitter, no don't go on Twitter for five minutes and you will see there are plenty of people very happy to speak out and to say that what they believe, they are truth. We have the truth, we have the God who's moving in our lives and, and the psalm, this, this portion of the Psalm is all about telling, proclaiming, um, it's, it's about being on every tongue Again, it's proclaiming, it's sharing the story and it's singing all about God and everything that he's done in our lives. There was a, one of the greatest threats that you, I had growing up was, I'm telling. Have you ever had that? When we, was in, when we were in primary school, we had a teacher called Mrs. Llewellyn. So there used to be a rhyme was, I'm telling, I'm telling, I'm telling Mrs. Llewellyn. It's just, he, is that just me? That's just a Murtha, isn't it? Yeah. But you know, there is something we should be telling. We should be really going out of our way to tell on God. To tell about everything that He's done for us. To not be shy and holding back and saying the good things God has done for us. And I, I I was out yesterday and I was running and I was just thinking about the things that God has done in my life. And there are some things I think, well was that God? Was that kind of like, was it just fortunate? Was that just a happy circumstance? Oh, was that because of somebody else? And, and God says, yeah. And it was all because of me. And I, when I get to heaven, I'd rather be overly thankful of everything God has done than under. You know, when I look back at my life and God says, you know you gave me thanks for that. That wasn't me. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't mind that. But I hate the thought of saying, I did this for you and I did that for you and you never thanked me. You never recognised my goodness in your life. You didn't speak out about it. You didn't say it to me and you didn't tell others about my goodness. And it talks about every generation telling their children. And one of the things I really appreciate about my family is that when my my auntie, and I've shared this testimony before, when my auntie was in her 20s, a totally ungodly family, God was not in any part of our family at that point, guy knocked on her door, shared the gospel, she thanked him, she closed the door, she went in, but in a very short space of time, she gave her life to Jesus and the blue touch paper was lit in our family, and the, the gospel and salvation spread from my auntie to my uncle, and then to my parents, and to my parents' brother and sister-in-law, and then to my grandmother, and to the children, and to my grandfather, and it's all because of one guy knocking the door, but, but we love to tell those stories, and I never get bored of hearing the wonderful things that God has done from one generation to another, and then learning about my great-grandfather, I think it was my great-grandfather praying for the family that he'd done years and years before. And those prayers all all of a sudden had come to fruit as my auntie responded to the good news. I love those stories. Stories that my grandfather would say when he, my my nan was ill in hospital and he was praying for her and he was up late worrying about her and an angel appeared in his bedroom to say, be at peace, Joyce is fine, she's well, she's gonna be okay. And he had immediate peace and he went to sleep. I love those stories one generation telling another of the good things that God has done, that we meditate on his acts. Is anybody here good at worrying? The what ifs? What could happen here? What could happen there? But meditating is worrying about the goodness of God. It's worrying about the truth. It's saying this, what if God shows up? What if there's a miracle here? What if God transforms this situation? What if I step out in faith and this person is healed? Not What if they're not healed? It's about imagining and thinking and, and reflecting and, and going there in our minds. God has given us an imagination and he wants us to use it to think about all the things that he has done, is doing, and is going to do. Just in this room this morning, have anybody here I'd love if you could just give me a little wave or a big wave, depending on how you're feeling. If you've known God's provision in lack in your life, God's provision. Wonderful. Hands down, please. Has anybody here known God's peace in grief and comfort in grief? Amen. Has anybody here known God guiding you when you're uncertain about what to do next? I mean, I'm encouraged just looking across the room at the moment. Not because you're all waving at me. Has anybody here experienced healing in your body because God's healed you from a sickness? Hands down. Has anybody here just known you're really struggling, but God has come and helped you? Somehow you found a resource and a strength to get through a struggle. Has anybody here been confused and then all of a sudden God's spoken with clarity and that you've just seen something and it's just brought some clarity for you has anybody here been anxious or worried and all of a sudden peace, God has brought his peace into your life because you turned to him amen has anybody here known salvation from sin and shame forgiveness when we were so far away from him and yet he first loved us and saved us and redeemed us and planted us on a rock cleaned us up he is so good isn't he we have so many good things to say about what God has done in our lives we have so many things to say I've seen these things in my life just in this room knowing many people here I've seen it in your lives I see it in the word and I believe it there are things that I haven't yet seen, but I've seen it in the word and I believe therefore God can do it. And one of the things that Rich is referring to is the testimony of a resurrection from the dead. Um, over in, uh, is in, it Vietnam? In the Philippines, sorry, yeah. Where, the, where there's a picture of a woman standing next to her daughter and her daughter was dead and was resurrected and is standing in the photograph smiling. I'm, I'm up for that. I see it in the word. And I, so I believe God, you can do it. God, you can do these things. God is good He's faithful can we stand together again just, just for a moment just consider the things that God has done we're just going to worship Him in the light of not just who He is but what He's done Amen verse 8, 9 and 10 says this the Lord again Yahweh Jehovah is merciful and compassionate Slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all His creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. You know, we've thanked God for who He is, worshiped Him for who He is, we thanked Him for what he's done. And you know, when we sing about who God is, that He's God, that He's king that he's great and he's exalted, those things can be true of God and yet he could still be a tyrant, he could still be harsh, he could still be distant. It could be all of those things, God, king, great, but be those things, be a tyrant, be harsh or be distant. But then when we start to see what he's done, we begin to see his power and his glory and his miracles but even that could, for us, be a bit transactional and cold. That if I do enough for this great God, he'll do something for me. becomes almost religious. You know, put a, put a penny in the slot, pull the lever, and out comes a miracle. Because I've, I've done this right. A bit transactional. But then when we get to this part of the psalm, and also from verse 7, it talks about God being righteous and God being good. And all of a sudden, we got to get to see not just what who he is and what he's done, but we start to really see what he's like. What is he like? He's merciful. He's compassionate. He's good to everyone. He's full of unfailing love. He's slow to anger. He's full of compassion for all of his creation. Sometimes the more power or authority somebody has or the more ability and resources they have and certainly the more morally upright that they are, they can be aloof or distant or hard to live up to, but our God is not like that. He has all authority. He is totally holy and pure. He has absolute ability and yet he's chosen to love us. That chesed love, that unfailing love, that covenant love. What is God like, He's gracious, and that word gracious, when you look it up in the Bible, it means this, gracious, (laughs) it just means that. He's gracious. We know what that means, don't we? We understand the meaning of that word, to be gracious. And there's this combination of mercy and compassion that are almost synonymous, almost the same sort of word, And, and as it is in the old, also in the new, compassion means that you feel it in your bowels. Or in your womb if you've got one. But it's it's right down there. It's something that you feel and it, it provokes action. That you're moved with compassion, always produces something. That's our God. He feels for us. There's something that goes on inside God where He is moved. With this deep love, Jesus looks at the tomb and he sees Lazarus and he's filled with compassion. He looks on the crowd. They're lost and they're, 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 they're helpless and hapless and yet he's filled with compassion. That's our God. God towards us today is full of compassion, full of mercy. He's totally gracious. He's slow to get angry. Do you know what that means? It takes a long time for his nostrils to flare and his brow to furrow. That literally is what that means. To be slow to anger means that you don't see it on the face for a very long time, and that's the giveaway, isn't it? Even if you don't express it, the nostrils go out, don't they? You're doing that to me now, actually. But... And he's good to everyone. You know, Jesus says this in Matthew 5:45 that God causes the sun to rise and the rain to fall on the evil and the good. I mean, there's been plenty of rain falling, so we know that God is full of compassion and generosity. <laughs> showers his compassion on all of his creation and it says this in the, in the message it says creation and creatures applaud you creation and creatures applaud you, all your works will thank you and I just want to take a moment to ask you to do something for me if you would, if you could grab a pen and a piece of paper or if, you've got, if you haven't got that, you've got a phone and you can open up notes on your phone we're just going to take a few minutes just as Ethan plays in the background, just to write down some of the things that we can, you could can be thankful for this morning about what God has done and what he's like in particular. So just, just for a few moments, and I'm not going to rush this, but Holy Spirit, just ask as we do this right now, as we consider the things that you've done in our lives, that our Father is doing in our lives, that Jesus has done for us, that we would just begin to be reminded of those wonderful things, the things that you've done. And who you are. Just take a few minutes to write them down. Okay. What I would like for us to do now, if if you're able to, if we could just stand together. And I would like if you've written something to hold it up. We're gonna just lift it to him. We're gonna say, Thank you, Lord thank you for your faithfulness thank you for your goodness just where you are just as we stand together just in your own way just say thank you Lord for these things that you've done in my life thank you thank you for your salvation thank you for your provision thank you for our family thank you for our loved ones thank you for those friends that you've brought alongside us thank you for our homes your provision Lord Thank you for the way that you've moved in our lives. Thank you for your peace. Thank you, Lord. For every example of your goodness, we say thank you, Lord. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. And um, we've just talked about who God is, what he's done, and what he's like. And now verses 11, 12, and the beginning of verse 13 talks all about the kingdom of God says they will speak of the glory of your kingdom they will give examples of your power they will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign for your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom you rule throughout all generations you know we need to hear this this morning I need to hear this this morning that God is always on the move, that his kingdom is always extending and growing and filling the earth. That will always be the case. The vision that Daniel has of a stone that's not cut out by human hands, striking the statue at its feet and the statue crumbling and the stone becoming a mighty mountain that fills the earth. When Jesus came to the earth, he established and brought in and ushered in the kingdom of God, God's rule, the good news of the kingdom. And sometimes we can look at the world and see things that feel very different to that reality, to that truth. And look at a culture that is opposed to godliness, at modern values and beliefs, that news and social media and wars and climate change and financial crises and confusion, even about things that were once so simple are now incredibly confused and messed up. And we can look at that in despair, but there's nothing new under the sun. I was reminded, Genesis 6.6, it says this, God looked at the earth and he was sorry that he had made man and it broke his heart. That's what it says in Genesis 6.6, the sin that was in the world at that point, the godlessness. You read through the book of Judges and it goes into a darker and darker place as you go along. Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost and he says, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. There's nothing new. About these things but God's kingdom is always extending God's kingdom is always on the move it's unshakable it's unchangeable it's not influenced by Putin or Biden or Trudeau or Jinping or Sunak just as it was not by Nebuchadnezzar or Darius or Alexander the Great or Tiberius or Nero or Hitler or Stalin or Churchill good bad or indifferent these men these empires rise and they fall but God's kingdom is extending and growing and filling the earth. That is the truth this morning. And in a post-Christian West, it's not a bad thing because finally the gospel will be preached with truth and there's no people unsure whether they're believers or not. Well, people will know whether they believe in God or not. And when they meet him, just as Paul described, everything changes because they put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ, the King of this kingdom. It says this in the message your kingdom is a kingdom eternal you never get voted out of office (laughs) you never get voted out of office the kingdom of god is righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit the kingdom of god knows no geographical bounds all restrictions, it draws in every nation, every tribe, every tongue into one kingdom that is eternal and that is universal and it's almighty and it's awesome and we are part of that kingdom this morning. He's made us a kingdom of priests for His glory this morning and He rules through all generations. We're going to declare the kingdom of God over over our region, over our nation, over this continent over the west, over the east, it doesn't matter, over the world, we're going to say, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let your name be holy in every nation. And Lord, may that start here because, boy, we need the name of God to be holy in this nation again. Can we just stand together for a moment? We're going to declare God's rule, God's authority. God says, I know the plans I have for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. 1 Corinthians 12 says, no mind is conceived the glorious things that God has prepared but now he's revealed these things by his Holy Spirit Isaiah 9 of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen amen hallelujah Lord we declare Jesus your rule your authority your name to be honored Lord in our streets in our villages and towns and cities, in our schools and colleges and universities, in our workplaces and communities, the Lord, your name would be exalted. In homes, Lord, across the region, your name, Jesus, would be exalted, that your kingdom would come, that you'd restore marriages, that you'd restore broken relationships. The Lord, as we share the good news of the kingdom, Lord, that we would be rebuilders of homes, and ancient ruins, Lord, there will be living water flowing from us, bringing your kingdom, bringing your life, Lord, into the world around us that is so desperate for you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Amen. Amen. If you could just remain standing, if you're okay, we're almost just want to close with this last little portion of, of Psalms, and I'm gonna just finish to. Um, in, in praise to him but it says this verse 13 the second part of verse 13 the Lord always keeps his promises he's gracious in all he does just think about these things that the Lord does okay the Lord helps the fallen the Lord lifts those bent beneath their loads the eyes of all look to you in hope and you give them food as they need it when you open your hand You satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He's filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. I will praise the Lord and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. Richard said earlier about coming in from different places, different things going on in our lives, but I just want us to remind ourselves of this, God is a shepherd to us. He's the heart of a shepherd, the Father heart of God, and he keeps his promises, says again that he's gracious in all he does, that if you fall fallen, he helps you. That if you're burdened, he will lift you. That if you're in need, that he'll satisfy you. That he's full of kindness. That he's close to us when we call on him. When we call on him, he's close. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Grants the desires of those who fear him. Again, he helps and rescues and protects one of the challenges we have in our worship time sometimes is that we don't want the focus to be all about us because we're worshiping him aren't we we're lifting his name we're exalting him but God is so good that as we worship him and as we minister to him he can't help but to minister to us as we bless him he can't help but to bless us and what does that do we turn that back to him in praise again that as we minister to him, he ministers to us and then we minister it back to him and we say, thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, we just come as we close our time together this morning and we just say, thank you, Lord, for who you are. You are our God and our King and you are great, Lord. Thank you for what you've done, for your mighty acts and your miracles and your power, Lord. Thank you for what you're like, that you're gracious and you're compassionate and you're full of mercy. And Lord, we thank you for what you have done, but Lord, what you're doing. And Lord, as we close this time in worship, we ask that you'd minister to us, Lord, and move as we lift your name. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.